Welcome back to the couch, everybody, and welcome to our NFL review. I'm here with Zwick and Butsy. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, a crazy weekend, some crazy shifts in the odds for a certain award. Brock mm. Purdy's now favored to win the NFL MVP award. Butsy, we're going to start with you here. We know this is your guy. Mm. Do you think he deserves to be the MVP favorite? And follow up, do you think he will win the MVP? So let me start off by saying Brock Purdy was never not like he was he was always back, you know, like uh, he was always in MVP contention. Uh, I know he had a couple of rough, uh, a couple of tough games, but nevertheless, he was always going to find his way back in this conversation. And uh, he's now the odds on favorite at plus 300. Jordan, do I think he deserves to be the MVP right now? No, um, I'm not going to lie to you that you, we, everyone knows that this is my guy. I've put my reputation on the fact that he's actually a really good quarterback. And I still think he is a very, very good quarterback, but I, I don't think he's the odds on MVP favorite right now where he should be. You look at his stats yesterday, 19 for 27 for 314 yards and four touchdowns. You look at a couple of those Debo Samuel touchdowns. That's just Debo being awesome and not Brock Purdy doing it through the air. Um, regardless though, he was able to pick apart the Eagles defense. Uh, I was really impressed with what I saw at a Brock Purdy yesterday. And he definitely deserves being the conversation. I still think that there's just other guys that are more valuable to their team, but we know how this award has traditionally worked. And it's kind of like that across all major sports where it's, you know, the quarterback of the best team or the best player on the best team for like basketball, um, because we know that this is a quarterback award. So Brock Purdy's playing some unbelievable football, but I think a lot of credit uh, and the reason for him being the odds-on favorite goes to Debo and Ayuk and those guys and Shanahan as well because they really put him in this position. Yeah, maybe uh, Christian McCaffrey has something to do with yeah, the, the success him. Yeah, as well. he's pretty good too. Uh, Zwick, anything to add? Well, MVP is a is a quarterback award, yes. But I think we need to talk more about Tyreek Hill winning MVP. I really do. I think he's the best player in football right now obviously you can make a case for Mahomes Lamar Jackson whoever but who is doing what Tyreek Hill does every single week in a consistency and he's you know the most valuable weapon I would say an offense can have so I think we got to talk about him for more MVP more obviously Brock Purdy I think you know put his name into the conversation yesterday and deserves to be in it but I think Tyreek Hill should win this award unless something drastic happens I think I mean, he completely changed the Dolphins as a as a whole. So I think we got to talk about him more. Very interesting. So for me, it's a quarterback award. I think the, there's no position in sports like the quarterback in terms of having an impact on the outcome of the game. And in past years, it's always been a quarterback award for that reason. I don't think that should change this year. Obviously, Tyreek's having an unbelievable season, but I just don't think he can have the same impact as a quarterback can have. If the season ended today, I think I would give my vote to Dak Prescott. Um, I think oh. Lamar Jackson is up there. I think Mahomes is in the discussion, but with what we saw yesterday, I don't think I could give it to him. I I, I think I, I would go with Dak right now. Now, as these next five weeks go, I think Mahomes will end up winning this award. So... That's my prediction, but um, Brock Purdy, I, I'll sound like a broken record, but he's throwing a wide open, guys. He's making one read, um, and he's playing well. Like, he's doing his job. There's nothing wrong with doing your job, but he, to me, has not done enough to win the MVP award. So um, I think we can leave it at that. 
Butsy, do you think uh, Tyreek should be in valid consideration? Yeah, absolutely. I really do. Um, he's going to have a 2,000 uh, you know, rec- yard receiving year, uh, which no one has ever done as a receiver. Uh, he's, I think, with Calvin Johnson's record or the, his uh, crazy season that he had a while back, I think Tyreek Hill, I heard today, was 50 yards ahead of that pace. And he has an extra game as well. So I think he's going to get 2,000 yards receiving. No receiver has ever done that. Um, I really believe that, no, like Zwick said, no one else is doing what he's doing. But at the end of the day, it's a quarterback's award. And they're, you know, him and McCaffrey are going to fight for Offensive Player of the Year. I think Tyreek Hill is going to get it because he's having just such a legendary season. But it's it's a quarterback award, and I don't really believe that Tyreek Hill should be in that conversation because it's always been a quarterback award too. Like, they wouldn't have created Offensive Player of the Year if the MVP wasn't strictly a quarterback award or, you know, defensive player of the year, if it wasn't strictly a QB award. So um, I do think a quarterback will win it. I don't, you know, while Tyree Kill and McCaffrey are in the conversation for MVP, they're in conversation for like offensive player of the year. Like it's, it's a two headed race in that department, but um, yeah, that's my take. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if like the dolphins were undefeated or something, and Tyreek was doing this, maybe you'd feel a little different. Maybe then I would be swayed to say, okay, in a year where there's not really any quarterbacks, you know, standing apart from the rest that you should give it to a receiver. But um, I, I still think quarterback should win it at the end of the day. Uh, let's move on to what was a great game last night between the Chiefs and the Packers. Packers have gotten hot here late. Jordan Love has gotten hot here late. Zwick, I'll go to you. Do you think Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future for the Packers? And do you think the Packers are just kind of hot right now? Or are they actually a pretty good team? I think they're legit. I think Matt LaFleur finally has his offense figured out. You know, he has a bunch of young guys, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, obviously had a big game last night. And they're doing all this without Aaron Jones, who's probably their best offensive player and their best left tackle, David Bakhtiari. So I, I think they can be a really really good team and Jordan Love can be the guy but we need the consistency now we need it to stick Jordan Love was super efficient last night versus a very good defense but it's got to stick it's got to carry over into weeks Packers are at the seven seed right now Jordan you you pack your Packers how are you feeling I sincerely wish that I had not flip-flopped on my take <laughs> multiple <laughs> yeah. times because this was a take that I was super adamant about preseason. Then I don't know, three weeks in, I kind of flipped it and I was like, Oh my God, like uh, maybe not three weeks, but at some point they looked really bad and I flipped on it. And I, I wish I could, uh, I mean, can I flip flop back? Is that allowed? Like, can I say that this, I knew it all along. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you can. Once you, once you flop, once you flop from the flip, I don't think you can, you can flip back from the flop. You know no, what I'm saying? I, I agree. I, I, like I agree. That. I like that. Uh, I should have trusted my preseason self, but I agree with Zwick. I think they're a, a legit team. I think as long as Jordan Love plays well, um, this offense is super for real, and Matt Lafleur is a phenomenal play caller. Jordan Love had Jordan Love and Brock Purdy are tied for the most games with three touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Mm. Fun fact of the day for you. I thought Love played very well last night, although I did think he put the ball in harm's way a couple times, which could have gotten dangerous um but ended up you know bouncing their way so i like what i'm seeing from love i think the packers could s- sneak into the playoffs 
Yeah, I you know, as the Sands are the seven seed and they're playing really good football right now, I was really impressed with their defense last night, uh, holding Kansas City to 19. I thought it was very impressive. Um, they they looked they looked like they made Kansas City very uncomfortable last night. Obviously, Lambeau Field in primetime is a very tough place to play. I just thought their defense stepped up. Uh, I don't really want to reiterate, 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 reiterate was, uh, mm-hmm. what you guys said about Jordan Love. I mean, 25 for 36 for 267, three touchdowns, only taking two sacks. Um, he was pretty much perfect last night. Uh, like Jordan said, he did put the ball in harm's way a couple times. I remember fourth and two where he just literally threw an absolute rainbow of a ball and it just fell right into the receiver's lap when it looked like a couple of corners could have made a play on the ball. Um, but regardless, you know, that's what it takes sometimes to, to get wins and, uh, put together really good games is you have to have a couple lucky bounces and they did last night. So all props to Jordan Love and uh, big shout out to that defense. I thought they did a really yeah. phenomenal job last night. Only other thing I want to add about Jordan Love is he passes the eye test for me um, more than a guy like, say, Brock Purdy. I think he has some arm talent and like off platform throwing ability that a lot of people are just kind of starting to become aware of after that game last night. A lot of those nice throws he was making were off his back foot and when he was under pressure with guys in his face making quick reads and being able to throw off balance. I thought that stuff really impressed me, but let's talk about the team that they beat last night. The Kansas city chiefs only put up 19 points. Um, They've had one of the best defenses in the league up until this point and gave up 27 Zwick. Are you concerned at all for the chiefs or was this just kind of a fluke? I am. I'm, I'm actually somewhat panicking on the chiefs and I know I've I've had the take on here that it doesn't matter and that the Chiefs will coast into the playoffs and you know they'll probably you know at, at at the least make it to the AFC Championship game. But I'm worried. Their receivers are a real real cause for concern. They have almost no playmakers outside of Travis Kelsey. I know Rasheed Rice has looked um, like he has a little bit upside in the past two weeks, but I mean. They need some weapons and they need them bad. And they just, their offensive line did not look good. Mahomes has just, you know, statistically and kind of, you know, the eye test has just not been as good as he has been. And maybe that's the loss of, you know, Tyree Kill ever since he lost or ever since he, you know, they lost him a couple of years ago. He's, you know, the interceptions are up, the touchdowns are down, but, you know, it doesn't matter because they're still winning Super Bowls, right? But, I mean, the receivers are a problem. There's no doubt about it. The defense had major injuries last night. They lost their starting safety, Brian Cook. They lost their starting middle linebacker, Drew Tranquil. And I I mean, I think you have to worry about that when the offense is underperforming and the defense has been carrying you all year, and now you're losing two starters on defense. So I'm panicking. I, I think I'm at like a six right now on the panic meter. What's well, your thoughts? I'm about I'm about at a six too for all the reasons Wick said. I I think the injuries are a real issue on the defensive end. That's been their anchor. That's what they've relied on game in and game out. It's been the best defense that the Chiefs have had ever in this in this Super Bowl run that they've made uh, the past few years. So to lose a couple guys, uh, big time starters as well, and then for the for the receivers to just not be showing up. Um, Sky Moore is nowhere to be found this year. I thought he actually was going to have a little bit of a breakout season after showing flashes of, you know, possibly being a Tyreek Hill-esque player where they're just really fast and has good hands. Uh, he's been nowhere to be found this year. Uh, Rasheed Rice has been okay. Uh, I do want to give my flowers to Pacheco, though. I think Pacheco has been doing a great job running the ball. Uh, this O-line has been great. And it's something about Pacheco that 
every time he gets touched, it seems like he's getting five yards after contact. Like he just churns his legs better than a lot of running backs do. And he's able to pick a lot of, up a lot of yards because of it. But um, with the receiver concerns and the defensive injuries, I'm also at a six, but it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So they could easily in two weeks or two or three weeks when playoffs start coming, you know, around the corner, start playing their best football. And none of us would be that surprised. Yeah. Six isn't that high on the panic meter. I think I've been pretty consistent on this podcast about my thoughts on the Chiefs this whole year and even preseason. I'm at like a two still with the Chiefs. I have very little worries for this team. And I think if you go and watch that game last night, there was when when the Chiefs got the ball back with what, four minutes maybe, there was a feeling like they were just going to go down and score, at least for me, because it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Andy Reid and it's the Chiefs. Um, and obviously there's the missed P.I. Um, there there was bad calls on both sides. They called a late hit on Mahomes, which was clearly not a late hit. But that P.I. was massive. And then Mahomes throws a really uncharacteristic interception, in my opinion. I don't think that was, um, you know, reminiscent of how Mahomes usually plays. So I still think they have a great O-line. They have a phenomenal run game. They have one of the best quarterbacks of all time and one of the best coaches ever. And a defense that has been up to this point, probably the first, second, or third best defense in the league. So my my only concern is the injuries on the def- defensive side of the ball. I still think they're the best team in the AFC, um, even after that loss last night. Zwick, oh, go ahead, Butsy. Can we just talk about how many times – you know, I'm sure you guys watched the game last night that we got, we, well, we got the, you know what I'm about to say is like the Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre comparison where they would get off the ground ever so slightly off their back foot when making the throw and how the releases look the same. I mean, I was ready to fucking just shut the game off. Like, I mean, it came yeah. up three times. I'm like, you're comparing Jordan Love to Aaron fucking Rodgers and Brett I mean- Favre. Collinsworth all night is just oh Jordan Love. I mean, he looks like Aaron Rodgers. The way he's just a professional glazer. I mean, foot. like it doesn't matter. I really, you know, because he's always we know we've known he's a Mahomes glazer, but it just feels like every time, like any game, he's just glazing someone on either team the entire game. It's nuts. Like yeah, when Mahomes went out with four minutes left to to try to go, you know, score the touchdown for the drive, like the game winning drive. It's like, well, you know, it's about to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> like you've seen this yeah, movie Mahomes, a few Mahomes times. Will, Mahomes will throw a slant. He's like, don't underestimate that throw by Mahomes. That's just but. a great read, and he draws like <laughs> eight fucking routes that are completely whack. <laughs> yeah, no, right. he's he's a spectacle. Zwick, let's it. move on to your uh week third or your power rankings going into week fourteen. Pretty spicy out here. I'm expecting some movement. Very spicy. Very spicy power rankings expecting at ten. Movement. I have Buffalo. They're on by nine. Houston. They just beat a very hot Denver team. Eight. Detroit. They got on back back on track. Seven. Jacksonville is currently tied with Jake Browning, so that could be movement for sure. Six. Miami. They exploded. Just about you know how everyone explodes versus the Commanders defense. Five. Kansas City. Four. Eagles. Three. Ravens. Two Cowboys, one Niners. Wow, Let's see. Start with you because is spicy. I don't think I missed. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me let me just run through the bottom real quick. Uh Jags of the Lions, I still like. I think the Lions have a lot of issues. I wouldn't have actually minded Texans at eight and Lions at nine. 
Um, the Lions defense is really concerning for me. Uh, they're just winning in shootouts right now. Dolphins, uh, really impressive win. Chiefs, five. Yeah, I still think the Chiefs are better than the Dolphins. Now we get into the juicy, the juicy, juicy, juice stuff. Oh, yep, hand up, Swick. Um, Tyler Boyd just threw an interception. <laughs> that's, are you that's, okay? That's, that's not that's not what I thought you were. Tyler say. Boyd just threw a pick to Josh Allen. So um, <laughs> to Josh Allen. Yeah. So Ooh, that's no. not good. Okay, that's bad. Swick, do you want to win this game? I, I'm I'm kind of indifferent because yeah. it like if we lose, I'm thinking Brock Bowers. But if we win, I might be thinking sneaky seven seed. But sneaky like soupy. With, very sneaky soupy, but <laughs> very sneaky, sneaky seven seed with like the potential to get blown out in the wild card. Yeah, but it's like whatever, whatever happens. I mean, I, I really thought we had a chance, but yeah, Tyler Boyd just threw it to the other team. That's that's so. not a statement I thought I'd hear tonight. Um, all right, yeah. let's go to the to the top now. We got Eagles four, Ravens three, Cowboys two, Niners one. Niners one. I don't think there's even a debate right now. I mean, they just went into the link. Juggernaut. Fucking Sirianni's talking shit. And this game was just insanely hyped up. And the Niners showed up in all black. Everybody but Brock Purdy, who showed up in like a $70 Coles outfit. Don't know if you guys <laughs> saw those memes today. They were hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I was really, really impressed with the Niners just coming in and dominating at the link. So Cowboys, too. Um, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. I would honestly... I think you could flip-flop them in the Ravens. Um, I think the Ravens have a real strong case right now to be number two in this power rankings. But I don't mind I don't mind this. I don't mind this list at all. I don't know if I disagree either, Zwick. I don't know if you missed. Oh, man. Yeah. You're too kind, Budsy. The Cowboys are too high, and I'll tell you why. There's not a single win on their schedule against a team with a winning record. That's not true. Who'd they beat? They beat 6-5 and five Seattle. Seattle's 6-6 six and six now, though. <laughs> But they were so, six and five. They were six and five. Uh, okay. Either way, call it one. Then I mean, yeah. Every time they play a good team, they're they haven't won. By the way, the they se- barely barely beat Seattle. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not <laughs> absolutely. So, I think the Cowboys are too high. As much as I love Dak, um, and I I do like their defense, but they aren't as good as the Chiefs. And I don't I I'd have the Eagles over them. The Eagles beat them straight up. Um, I think the Ravens are very close to being over them for me. So I think I'd have the Cowboys around four or five. The Chiefs ran into a hot team yesterday. A lot of stuff went wrong. They had injuries mid-game. Like I, the, Moving the Chiefs from two to five, I think, is a bit of an overreaction. And the Eagles, where were they last week? Three? They were two, I believe. Okay, so the Chiefs were three? Yeah. No, the yeah, Chiefs. yeah. No, the Eagles were one, Chiefs were two. Yeah, that's okay. what I thought. Yeah. yeah, okay. So you move Eagles from one to four after losing to the Niners. It was a pretty disappointing loss, but I would still have the Birds over the Cowboys and the Ravens. I think it's the same top three for me, even after this week. I, I sorry, because go ahead. I know you had your hand up. You were waiting very patiently. Yeah, I, I don't see an argument for Kansas City or Philly over Dallas right now. Like who? What part of Kansas City is playing better than Dallas right now? I think their head nah. coach. Head coach. <laughs> head yeah, coach. maybe the head coach. Mike McCarthy is playing well though. What part <laughs> of Philly is playing better than Dallas right now? But the Eagles beat the Cowboys. Like the, and just the Cowboys they... are favored in next week against the Eagles. Exactly. But 
should they be? Like, just because the Eagles lost to a really good Niners team, who, by the way, dismantled the Cowboys earlier this season, does that mean the Cowboys are now better than the Eagles just because they lost? It's in our minds recently that the Eagles had a bad loss. They're 10-2. and two. They, They've been dominant all year. I still think – I mean, what – what do you what is different about the Eagles after seeing that week? Like I just think we learned that the Niners are a phenomenal team. I don't think I changed my mind anywhere on the Eagles. You don't think this you don't think them getting absolutely butt spanked at home means nothing for them? Like it's just they're just the same team. Like I think I think, I think exposed a lot. I think of the flaws. Niners I think the Niners move ahead of the Eagles. I don't think it exposed anything compared to like what about the All Cowboys? Right. They lost so, what, forty two to ten? Yeah, but it, I mean, okay, they well, don't have an impressive win to me. That that's a very fair point, but they're just, just playing. I think it's night and day playing right now from when they went to San Francisco, and CD Lamb finally woke up. Dak Prescott, you know, we should talk about him for MVP as well. And the Cowboys defense is a lot better. I know it struggled when Trayvon Diggs left, but and. Deron Bland did his best, you know, rookie year Trayvon Diggs impression against Seattle. But I just, like, Dak is playing too good. This defensive line is playing too good. And the Eagles' back half of their defense is atrocious right now. Like, absolutely atrocious. Yeah, and yes, they probably, they probably just played the best offense and maybe one of the best passing attacks, if not the best. So I can see that. So I guess, it, I guess embrace debate better win for the Eagles or more impressive for Niners or more embarrassing for Eagles? More impressive for Niners. Absolutely. It, it's a 10 and one Eagles team that had one slip up because Jalen hurts played probably the worst game of his career against the jets. So I, the Niners fully healthy are a juggernaut there. There hasn't been a team to beat them when they have all of their superstars on the field together. Um, yeah. And then, Back to the Chiefs, like, I get it's power rankings and it's who's playing well right now, but who do we think would win next week if they played? Because I who? think the Chiefs would. Chiefs beat the Chiefs and Cowboys. I think the Cowboys win. Yeah, I, I like, I can't pick the Chiefs right now because their offense is so, like, mediocre. Yeah. So middle of the pack. And going against the Cowboys' defense? I don't, think the, I don't think the Cowboys would be able to run – or, sorry, I don't think the Chiefs would be able to run all over the Cowboys. I really yeah. don't. And if they're not if they're and if they're not running the ball well, they have nothing else going. They have they're Andy Reid stop and Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. <laughs> That's what they Which have. And not. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So has that I been mean, enough? We'll yeah, yeah, that like That's a good point. Has it been enough? Also, it the, was it you wouldn't be saying that if they threw one flag last night. I that, that I is would a very good say, point. I think I'd still be saying it. I think it's <laughs> They'd be 9 it. and 3. I think I'd still be saying it. There'd be a lot riding on it still. Listen. Also, I am not sold on the on the cheat on the Eagles. By the way, I don't think anyone is. I don't think I am not be. sold. I and I haven't been sold really for a couple of weeks now. They just keep finding ways to sneak out of games in in really weird ways. Um, the Commanders a couple of weeks ago they only won by seven. The Cowboys at home. The Cowboys fucked that up because they had first goal in the six with like twenty five seconds left. And when, like, you know, penalty and sack and the game was over. Like, that's a very losable game. The Chiefs, if just, if Mahomes hit, uh, it was an MVS, wide open, yeah. MVS had the, yeah, had the drop. The yeah, if MVS catches the pass, that's a loss. Like, the Eagles have just been sneaking out of a lot of games this year, and I'm not convinced that they are the team that they are last year. 
I think the Niners are the clear Super Bowl favorite. Yes, they're really fucking good, and they've been dismantling really good teams because I think they're that good. But, like, I don't just love this idea that the Eagles are still, like, an absolute juggernaut the way they've been just kind of squeaking out of games. I only think they have – what's that? One, I, I would be surprised if the Eagles won in Dallas next week. Two. Very they only have They only have two double-digit wins all season. And they've played some bad teams. Like, they beat the Commanders in OT. Like They also I, beat the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Bills, and the Dolphins. I mean, those are all really good wins. So, in even no matter how bad you think the Bills have been this year, they were awesome that game. Like, that was a phenomenal win by the Eagles. So, I don't know. I don't think they're all that different from last year. I don't think they're as good. And I don't think they're a juggernaut either. But there's one juggernaut, like you said, in the league right now, and it's San Francisco. After Absolutely. that, it's a crapshoot. And I still like the Eagles just as much as anyone else um, in, in that, you know, two through five range. I do shoot. think also the Niners, yes, they're awesome, but it's an injury concern for me because one of their stars goes down. Okay, you still like them a lot because, like I said, there's not a great second team right now maybe. Two of those guys goes down. There's a stat out there, I think, when Trent Williams and Debo don't play. Like, I don't know if they've won. I think those are the three losses that they've had, and they were all in a row. So, yeah, the Niners fully healthy are awesome, but is any team fully healthy when it gets to the Super Bowl? Because I don't know. So, uh, they should be the favorite right now, but I'm not – I don't think they're going to run away with this by any means. It's a good point, but – It's a very good I, point. I think Trent Williams is more valuable than Debo. For this team right now, I agree. So, if you're talking about you know being one injury away from not being contenders, you could say that about a lot of teams. You know, I think it's different when it's Purdy, but I I do. I think elite quarterbacks can overcome that type of stuff, and we saw a three game sample size of Purdy not being able to do it. Yeah, I I guess yeah, I guess my point is like one guy, one guy going down can change an entire season. And for a lot of teams, it's their quarterback. But for the Niners, it just happens to be Trent Williams. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lamar <laughs> hasn't stayed healthy for, you know, late in the season the last couple of years. That's why we haven't been able to see Lamar in the playoffs. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. That's why the Ravens get rated, like, as an F for their fucking – their staff, their uh, their training staff. They get, like, ranked mm-hmm. F every year because everybody keeps getting fucking hurt. Lamar gets hurt at the end of the year always. Chargers. Um Right, exactly. So, you could say everybody's one guy away. I guess. I guess is my point. But I understand the concern if Trent Williams already has been injured, and we see the significance of him not being on the field. Yeah. Well, I think everyone is like a quarterback injury away, but not everyone is a skill position or a left tackle injury away, which are much more common. So I, True. I, yes, I think it's agreed. a little bit more concerning for the Niners. Um, Anywhere else we should go on these power rankings or in NFL in general? Did we have any other good games this week? No, it's but a I got crappy uh, one o'clock slate. I got some. I got some cool stuff we can talk about real quick. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Dolphins commies yesterday. Scoregami, forty-five fifteen. Nice scoregami. Uh, the Patriots in the last uh, three games have held all three of their opponents to ten points or less, and they lost all three games. That is the first time since nineteen thirty-eight that that's happened. Fun stat of the day for you. Um, Zach Wilson. Fun stat. That's a that's the fun stat. I'd love it's, to hear the sad I'm, stat. I'm, I'm, it's, stat. It, I'm, yeah, I'm just coping, guys. I'm just <laughs> coping. 
Um, you guys want to talk about Zach Wilson being a little bitch baby boy? <laughs> what did he do? I might have missed it. Uh, yeah. So me. Zach Wilson got asked to play uh, by Robert Sala. Oh wow! And he basically is saying no. Uh, I don't want to play football. I don't want to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, so let me Swick, let me go ahead here. Yes, yeah, Wick, well, you take the. Floor I don't I don't know what Zach Wilson thinks his value as a player is, but I can assure you it is not growing while standing on the sideline. So I'm not sure if he ever wants to play football again, whether it's for the Jets or someone else. But if that's the last we saw of Zach Wilson, I see no reason for him to even you know sniff the field. So. Oh, Zach Wilson, if you're listening, you should you should play football. Um, yeah, entertainment purposes, play football, please. Yeah, if your coach asks you to play and you're on the verge of being a backup for the rest of your career, you should probably play just to because yeah. it, it really couldn't get any worse than being benched. No, no. For so they got <laughs> benched, um, thinking that uh, Trevor Simeon was going to bring in a spark. Was it uh, Simeon? Yeah, well, it, brought, was, it was Boyle, and then it was Simeon. Yeah, they benched Boyle, right. and Robert Sala said that Trevor Simeon would give him a spark. Uh, I was listening to part of my take today, and they said, what is the saddest sentence in American history? And it was, uh, <laughs> I benched Tim Boyle for Trevor Simeon, thinking he'd give us a spark. <laughs> it sounds eerily similar to benching Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi. <laughs> yeah, but, but but Bill Belichick didn't say, I really hope he's good. I think he's going to give us a spark on offense. He did, he did however, say he thought Zappi did quote some good things out there mm. so that was interesting as we scored zero points can and he, he had a can he tell 50%. us what these good things are i would like i very much like to like to uh, find out what these good things are zwick i think he's on the verge of you know so yeah. uh i think i think he's just trying to call I mean, he's just trying to get through the season you will be a charger soon I don't know what his status is going to be after the end of the season each loss my suspicion just keeps growing and growing and I don't know, but we've already talked, like the we've only, talked about that so many times on this podcast. The only thing that would keep him coaching football is to try to get to the all-time wins record. That's it. That's and literally this it. This current Patriots team, it might take like three more years. I think By he the, needs uh, like they're getting Caleb this year. Yeah, it's not what? better. Hope so. We're gonna win. We're, we're gonna win five <laughs> games instead of two. Yeah, but it'll be a fun five. Yeah, it'll be a fun five. It'll games. be a very hey, fun. We get five. Gonzalez and Judon back. We get Caleb Williams. We. Get him some help. Find a receiver. Find from, a receiver. I don't know. You extend <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> extend, no, we draft a fifth-round receiver again. I don't know. Turns out to be Rob Gronkowski. We try to and get we another. Like Nik- we we draft Nikhil Harry eight more times in next year's draft. <laughs> that's just yeah. yeah. I don't know. Perfect. It's going to be interesting. But uh, let's see. Do I have anything sure else? Do. Oh yeah, Texans. Texans Broncos. Quick recap. Uh, a little turnover luck for the Texans. Zwick. Um. Did you see uh, CJ Shroud fumble? He got strip sacked, and the uh, uh, Texans recovered it with like two, three oh, minutes yes. left in the game. Yeah, I did so see that. That was very, very interesting. Um, Broncos were the hottest team in football coming into that game. I thought they won five in a row. Uh, they were absolutely steaming. Big shout out to Will Anderson yesterday. Uh, I know we got the interview after the game, but he was probably the best, one of the best players for the Texans yesterday. Best, I'd say best on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he had two sacks, a shit ton of pressures. He was in the backfield seemingly every play. Uh, he was unbelievable, and prayers up to Tank Dell because yeah, he yeah, fractured his fibula, which is so why, sad. Why? Okay. I'm not a, I'm not a football coach, but mm. if I was a football coach, I don't think I would have my 160-pound 
wide receiver leading up the middle on inside zone. That's just me though. Yeah, when you got a when you got a, got a couple guys that are you know over three bills, uh, if they land near you, uh, the uh, coming from a skinny guy myself, uh, the vibration of the ground has the potential to sh- uh, to just you know bruise you. <laughs> so I I can't imagine what happened if a three hundred seventy pound uh seventy five pound guy just landed on you. Yeah. So. That's all nah, I got. Not good all at got. all. That's my little yeah. rundown. Good way to wrap up the pod there. Super uh, uplifting. Prayers to Tank. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, boys. We have uh, some NBA coming up. Deuces. Okay, I got Jordan here. I'm back after a little bit of a hiatus. I'm sorry. I my Wi-Fi went out. Um, life life kind of life kind of threw a lot at me those last couple of weeks. Not that everyone else's life is any easier, but I was I was gone for a while. I'm back on the podcast now. It feels good. Um, Jordan's here with me today, and we're going to be talking about the Warriors. Now, I know Jordan and Letty already spent some time on the Warriors, and I think that we're going to cover a little bit of what you guys talked about, but I want to add some kind of dimension to it um, and really kind of do a thinking exercise about this team because there's they're starting to be in a little bit of trouble, Jordan. Yeah, first of all, welcome back. I'm glad you're back you. online. You're here back with the rest of civilization. Um, but yeah, the Warriors, I mean, they're they're in trouble. I said last pod, I think they're heading in the wrong direction. Their season could take a turn for the worse here. Yeah, so the, right now they're 9-11. Um, they're 11th in the standings. And if you're looking at just the standings as a whole, Timberwolves, Thunder, Nuggets, Kings, Suns, Mavs, Lakers, Pelicans, Clippers, Rockets, I kind of think all those teams are better than the Warriors right now. And I know that's a lot of teams. That's a lot of teams. I know. But if you really look at it, the Rockets are very well coached and their team makes more sense than the Warriors team. And they're bigger than the Warriors. And if you kind of go along through the line, other than the Clippers, I think the Warriors and the Clippers might be around the same level. But the Clippers definitely right now have a higher upside than the Warriors. Um, And then just some stats about them recently. This is the second time in three games that the Warriors have blown a 20-point lead and lost. So they clearly have something that works, but they cannot hold it down in the long run. And I find myself kind of hate-watching this team just to see... Like, obviously, I hate the Warriors. I hate them so much. I hate their fans. I really like Steph. I don't like anyone else on that team. And, I mean, I'm, I'm watching. I'm trying to figure out what the problem is with this team. And the thing that sticks out to me most is one, it's the old and the young issue, which we can get into in a little bit. But the first, the biggest thing is their size. They don't have any. I actually disagree that that's their biggest issue. And it's not that I don't think it's an issue, but there's so many things that you can point to with this team. I would actually point to their, the guys that they rely on. The guys that they rely on are not good enough to be playing the roles that they're playing. And I hate, you know, diminishing players like this, but Clay Thompson is probably not a starter mm-hmm. <laughs> in this league anymore. Um, he's averaging 16 points on 36% from three, 40.6 from the field. It's been rough and he he can't create good shots. Um, he struggles even to hit open shots sometimes. So obviously he can get hot and take over for stretches. Uh, he's still a very good shooter, but he is not the level of player that he was even two years ago when they won the championship against the Celtics. So then you go to guys like Draymond and Wiggins, who, again, they're not the same players that they were during their championship run. I just think they're guys. They they don't have enough talent to me. And it's funny to say that when you're talking about Hall of Fame players like Clay and Draymond and Wiggins, who 
really helped them win that championship. It was a big part of why they, they went on that run in uh, 22. He was maybe their, the second best player on that team. He's not having a good year either. So I think it's actually a talent issue, not really a how well they're built because they didn't have size when they won that championship. They didn't have size uh, when they won their first championship. So I, I just think their guys are outside of Steph a little bit washed. That's fair. But the NBA, the NBA, it feels like the NBA has developed something. They've changed to this positionless form of basketball. And the NBA as a whole, it feels like the, the really good teams have gotten bigger and bigger. But it feels like the Warriors are sticking to this small ball lineup. And it kind of feels like they're sinking with the raft, if that makes sense. Like they're sinking with the ship. They, they're going to stick with what worked for them. Uh, and I think it's to the detriment of them because you're right. There's, there's an issue with the old and the young. They tried to do two things at once. They tried to do, they tried to put a championship team on the floor and they tried to contend while also trying to rebuild on the fly and retool by bringing in younger players. They missed a couple of hit, like a couple of players on the draft. They they passed on Franz, they passed on Lamelo, and those were two guys that could have come in and worked right away. And they they it seems like they might have missed with Kaminga, and they might have missed with Moody. They obviously missed with Wiseman, and you're starting to see that one they drafted bad, but two you can't do two things at once in the NBA. You got to either rebuild and retool, or you got to try and make a run, or you got to be one of those middle team middle tier teams, which is the worst thing to be. So. And you're starting to see this play out with their cap situation as well. I, I'm totally with you. They don't have enough talent at all. And obviously, my mind goes straight to trades. So I've been on the trade machine for literally a couple hours. And I could I came up with one trade. And the reason that it's so hard to come up with trades for this team is because they have five players making 20 plus million dollars. So that's Steph making 51 mil, Clay making 43, CP3 making 30, Wiggins making 24, and Draymond making 22. And because of that, the rest of their roster is made up of players making $8 million and under, right? So if you want to bring in someone, maybe like get uh, get size, because that's clearly, they clearly need to get a little bit bigger. So say someone that's relatively cheap, like Daniel Gafford, who makes $12 million, or Kelly Olynyk, who makes $12 million, like Kelly Olynyk would fit really well with the Warriors. And he would bring that positionless style of basketball to Golden State because he can handle the ball and shoot threes. So he kind of is the a modern big that would fit well for this team. He makes, I believe, $12 million. Yeah, $12 million. And to get either Daniel Gafford or Kelly Linick, who both make 12 mil, you'd have to give up Kaminga and two players, Looney and two players, or Moody and three players, right? So by trying to add depth, by adding some maybe kind of, you know, combining players to get one good one, it, you would kill any depth you have by trying to add depth. I don't know what they do here other than move Clay and move Wiggins. But what's the market that's for the problem? Yeah. What, what's the market for Wiggins? What's the market for Clay? And do you do that to Clay as the organization? Yeah, I was I was going to say that's the problem is Clay is actually on a pretty big expiring deal and is probably a pretty attractive trade asset for a team who's trying to clear cap space. Mm -hmm. But the Warriors will never trade him. And I think it's a guy who won four rings with you who was you know, your second or third best player on a lot of those teams and is like a brother to Steph. So I don't think you do that to Steph. Um, I don't think you do that to the fans. I just, it, it would be a, a bad look for the organization. It would cause some outrage, um, even though it would probably be the right organizational move and help the roster out a little bit. But 
even with a, a clay trade, I think they're really far away. And I know Steph Curry is basically as good as anyone, but I think he's the third best player in the world. But he needs a lot of help compared to what he's getting. So I don't know. I, I think this is, you know, the death of the Warriors is this season. Yeah. And the one trade that I mentioned that I actually came up with, um, and it doesn't <clears throat> it doesn't actually work until I believe January 15th because Jakob Pertl just signed um, an extension, but it's Andrew Wiggins to Toronto for Jakob Pertl and Otto Porter Jr. And kind of the reasons that we both do that is Toronto gets Andrew Wiggins, who's a Canadian. Maybe you can kind of revitalize him there. And you, you, it makes it a pretty fun, lanky team with Pascal and OG Ananobi. But my guess is you probably end up, if you're doing this trade, you're moving on from either Siakam, Ananobi, or Barnes or someone like that. One of those guys, because you're going to add Wiggins into all those wings. It's going to make it a little messy. But that's I kind of feel like that might be what happens if Toronto makes that trade. And then for the Warriors, you get a big in Jakob Pertle who's serviceable, can make you longer. And then you bring back Otto Porter into the building, who kind of had a little bit of a breakout year with them and I think got a big contract after that um and he's a he's a system guy so he knows what's going on there and I think that's a possible trade and that's literally really the only feasible trade that I found um doing it by myself now this brings up the other question too with Draymond he the what he's doing on the floor now is hurting the team more than ever and you used to we used to have to put up with his antics because he was such a defensive anchor and he ran the offense so well. Like they kind of ran it through him with those, you know, high pick and rolls and him getting the paint and kicking out and things of that nature. He was a really good connector piece for this Warriors offense. He's been mentally taken out of games and has lost them games now. And you have to call into question his antics. And it seems like Steve Kerr just kind of lets him get away with it and is always defending him in the media. He's always defending him, which it's easy for me to sit here and not be a coach, never coached anything in my life and be like, it's, you got to go rip your guy. But I think it's pretty obvious that you need to, you need to do something to Draymond to make him understand that he needs to be better because he could have very easily, the first game back could have very easily and should have gotten thrown out of that game. He got a technical, this I'm talking about against the Kings when they blew the lead, which again, partly his fault. He gets a technical, he stares down the ref, arguably should have been thrown out um for that and if he would have been thrown out again he would have probably been suspended for even longer now granted the nba does not give a fuck about draymond and loves to protect him he has he gets away with the most out of any ref if you watch obviously jordan and i are celtics fans chris Stapps porzingis or jason tatum looks near a ref and they get ejected or get a technical draymond can scream at the ref and get in the ref's face and it's completely fine so there's that aspect to it and i just think that the Warriors kind of scapegoated Jordan Poole and was like, oh, that whole season was because of what happened with Draymond and Jordan Poole. I don't think that was the case. I think this is a fundamental issue with the Warriors. Tatum got a hanging on the rim tech and then yeah. like two days later got a, a clapping your hands tech. Yeah, <laughs> he like, got ejected uh, like not that long. Uh, maybe last game I think he got ejected. Yeah, he got like a – he was mad at himself clapped his hands it, like got annoyed with himself got a tech and i was like oh chris apps is our worst chris apps exists and gets a technical <laughs> exactly yeah i i don't disagree with anything you're saying about the warriors i do like the purtle trade i think it would help a little bit um 
But like I said, I mean, they they miss or like you said, they missed on these draft picks. And even if you had like, let's say they they had LaMelo, but it didn't really fit. And it was kind of weird with him and Steph and Draymond. And there's only one ball and all that stuff. Imagine what trade they could have got for LaMelo. Yeah, LaMelo is such a piece. It could have been like um, the or the Kings with Halliburton and how they improved by trading him and getting Sabonis. So. They really messed up the draft. Maybe they should have just traded the picks for players. Obviously, we don't know what the market was, but you would think they could have got something. Um, and then, you know, I think Clay maybe needs to come off the bench. Like, is that too much to say? I don't know, because it, it's just it doesn't look the same to me. It's not the same Clay. It's not the same well, Wiggins. It's, it's well, not you're the same Draymond. You're seeing. I, I guess I don't know if this is necessarily can be categorized as this, but, you know, the Pat Riley disease of more kind of talk, right? Where he talks about winning a bunch of championships and what happens is the reason becoming a dynasty is so hard is that everyone gets an ego and everyone wants to get more, 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 right? And the Warriors were able to navigate navigate that better than maybe any team in NBA history minus the Bulls, okay? And a part of that was because you have Steve Kerr who was on that Bulls team who knew how to live with that and brought that experience to the Warriors. But you're kind of seeing it preemptively catch up or postemptively catch up. I don't know if that's a word, but it <laughs> afterwards catch up with them because it seems like Clay has quite the ego right now and is kind of not too happy with coming off the bench and is making us think about that. And not to mention, I've seen a lot of stuff, a lot of news articles saying that him and the Warriors are pretty far apart on contract extension talks. And it sounds like he wants a max or a super max, which there is no fucking way in hell I'm giving Clay Thompson a max or a super max. He's not that player anymore. That's going to get really messy. I think yes. that's, <laughs> that could be a, a big issue for them. So, yeah, I, I have a, nothing. I, I don't know where they go, honestly. And it's a lose-lose because you let him walk for nothing or you trade him and potentially piss off Curry, right? You got it. You, I think if you're the Warriors, you have to sit down with Curry and just be like, listen, dude, what do you want us to do? Here are all of our <laughs> options. Here are how they affect all of us. What do we do? Because Curry is playing maybe the best basketball he's ever played, which I know is crazy because he's 30-something years old and has had all these injuries, but he's still playing amazing. And it seems from all all that we've seen so far, it seems like he's going to age pretty well too. So you need to continue to build around him. Right. You have probably like three-ish more years of Curry, you would hope. I mean, he's going to be 38 at the end of that three years. Yeah, and if he can play like this for three more years, you have to do everything you can to build a contender. Um, I mean, you can still trade some draft capital but you gotta like you said i like the wiggins trade um they're not gonna get anywhere this year i don't think no matter what trade they make but start building something get more size get more talent get someone else on offense who can be a threat and create a mismatch because right now it's just steph against the world on offense and you know kicking out to open guys who miss shots and if i'm if i'm a free agent or a buyout candidate why in the fuck would i go to go to the warriors why it looks so unhappy there? Why would you not go to like a teams like the Celtics or the Bucks or the Heat? Like any of these other teams, Minnesota's interesting, OKC's fun. Like, why would you not go to any of these other teams that are the vibes are way better and they have higher opportunities? Maybe not OKC, but the other teams have better opportunities and better chances of winning the championship. So, this I'm ready to say this, and I feel like it's blasphemy to say it, but I think this is the downfall of the Golden State Warriors. I don't think it's blasphemy. I think I agree. I said it earlier in the pod. I, don't I mean, we kind of yeah rushed over it, but I I think this is it, which is nuts because you have to think twenty fifteen is probably when they become the most relevant. 
So it's been almost a decade of them being completely dominant. And they also they lose they lost Bob Myers, who's the guy who yes. built all this. He hopped so, out. Yeah. He left for greener pastures. That should have told us something. Yeah. And I mean, the guy who built the dynasty is gone. The guys who were a part of the dynasty are in for all intents and purposes gone, except for Steph Curry. So now there's a new guy in charge who has to kind of figure out how to trade all these pieces and, and build a new contender. I don't really see it happening. Um, it's it's not impossible, and they they still have to try, like I said. But yeah, it's it's pretty dark. It is also what you know what tends to happen when a team underperforms. Who's the first to go? It's the coach. So, do you fire Steve Kerr? Because I don't know if you saw this, but he was asked what the issues were with the Warriors like a week ago, and he said we need to we're we need to limit our turnovers and I think play better defense was the other answer. And then the same reporter was like, Hey, last season, when I asked you that, you said the same thing. So you have the same problems. Why are they not going away? You know what the problems are. The warriors at this moment, as of recording are the sixth, they have the sixth highest turnovers in the league. That's not very good. And you would think bringing in Chris Paul, who doesn't turn the ball over would help. It has not. So what, what are you changing if you have the same problem as last season and nothing's changing are we going to see steve kerr on the hot seat like who who do we see go first kerr or clay or draymond i don't know i think you see the players go first i think you see some moves there because i I'm think saying it's specifically clear... clay not not any other players is it clay or kerr because i think those are the first Ugh. two to fall i don't oh, know who man. falls first I, I would think it would be clay because Steve, we know how good of a coach Steve Kerr is. And yes, I get what you're saying. The league is changing. Maybe small ball isn't the way anymore, but he did kind of create that whole idea of of small ball and of this fast up-tempo play style. And obviously he had Steph Curry and Klay Thompson in their prime. So that was, you know, not like this unbelievable idea by him, but it's, I, I just, I think when you watch the defense, the players aren't staying in front of their their guys like they're no, not they're, there's not they're not good defenders it's not like there's a there's communication issues or there's chemistry issues they don't have good enough defenders or like chris paul and clay thompson are just at this point bad defenders mm-hmm. so 100%. i i think i think you get rid of of clay i mean they're old in some areas and their young guys aren't really developing the way you want them to so maybe they get they get rid of some young guys at some point too yeah, I'm not calling for Kerr's job, but I do think I do think the big the modern big era makes it that playing small ball just isn't feasible anymore, especially when you have players like Sengun. <laughs> that's a joke for us. That's no, that was just kidding. But I, he is I, amazing. I, He's so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he is side, awesome. I don't even side think it's note, a joke. <laughs> side note, Jordan loves watching the Lakers and I tried I, I I can't stand watching the Lakers. They're the only team in the NBA that I have that's that's the team that I have the hardest time watching. I hate watching how much they complain and bitch and flop lebron everything everything's just on lebron all the time you'd you'd rather watch the wizards really sure about that okay you got me there you you got me there i don't watch here are the three teams i hate watching wizards charlotte and the lakers i like charlotte i like charlotte when lamello's playing because i like lamello i hate the raptors uh the wizards 
And I honestly, I haven't really enjoyed watching the Cavs this year, which has been. Oh, I don't like watching. The, I don't like watching the Cavs either. I really don't like watching the Cavs. Um, I don't like their announcers. And um, <laughs> I, I mean, I watch like I force myself to watch Lakers games, but it's literally me zooming through like every off ball is like me hitting the 10 second skip. So I don't have to see it's just all LeBron all the time. Um, and I forget why I brought this up, but uh, oh, I was watching them and I just was I was obsessed with alpi in that game dude he had what 21 oh, yeah. and 13 yeah um, he's ridiculous he, playing great defense on anthony davis too like oh man i you gotta watch out for him he's a baby Jokic, that, and i'm he's I'm dunking not sure on people though i yeah. like I, I get the Jokic comps but like he's he's, he's got a little athletic bit more yeah, <laughs> yeah a little bit more hops he's just like he's like baby fat right now it's it's insane and Ime was just so perfect for this team he single-handedly is saving jabari smith jr's career which I am eternally grateful for because I love Jabari and Ime was the exact perfect coach. Cause remember when Houston drafted Jabari, I was so devastated. Cause I was like, he's never going to touch the ball. He's going to have an awful season because it's, he's just going to be sitting there trying to play defense and no one else will. Um, this, this Rockets team is a lot of fun. Ime's perfect for them. And I love Alperen Sengun. Sengun is genuinely one of my favorite players to watch. And I was not, I haven't, this is my first year of league pass, so I hadn't really seen much of him other than yeah. highlights. He is a really, really good player, and he's taking even another leap this year. Um, yeah. Celtics, Celtics get it done tonight, knockout round against the Pacers. Uh, I hope so. They, it's gonna be like uh, take that over, I'm telling you, take that over. <laughs> um, I would like to see a little bit more out of Drew Holiday. I've yeah. been a little bit slightly, slightly underwhelmed with how he's been playing. Um. And I thought that the bench gave them good minutes last game. And I was really impressed with that. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Chris Stops uh, is questionable, back. I think. Yeah. I don't think he'll play in this one. But the only thing is the Pacers can beat you any night. They do not play defense, but they score at a ridiculous clip. And you know how it goes with the Celtics. Sometimes they just get cold. So I would not be entirely shocked if the Pacers just like completely put on a show and get us. But that being said, we beat him by like 95 last time we played. So <laughs> we, it was 55, I think like, you know, I, that wasn't even, that wasn't even that much of an expression. Uh, exactly. yeah, it, it wasn't that far off. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for us here at the couch. Uh, we're going to be back later in the week with more NBA heavy pods, but yeah, let's go Celtics. Um. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace.